Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Jody. How are you? Hi, Alini. I'm so excited to present this episode to our fans today. Yes, we have an old friend joining us today, Ron Robinson, the CEO of Beauty Stack Cosmetics. So I went back in my email and tried to figure out when is like the first time I met Ron. And I never delete anything in my email. So I like <laughs> literally have everything there. And I tracked it back to 2016. He and I met at a CEW event. And we met up a few times um, right after meeting. And I remember walking down 29th Street, just like ch- chit-chatting with him as if it was yesterday. It was obviously not yesterday, but we've known each other for a long time. I feel like our businesses have had, you know, nine lives, you know, kind of parallel to each other. He's done a, a lot of things with beauty out through the years. He actually started as a, a blogger, an influencer, mm. um, before influencing was even a thing. So we talk a lot about that on the episode. Oh, that's amazing. That spirit of innovation and really like thinking so far ahead and seeing that white space is incredible. And I'm excited to hear more about that. Yeah. And for anyone who like is so curious about what is it to be a cosmetic chemist, like what does it take? What does that job look like? He goes into a lot of detail about it. He's had this role through the years at many major amazing corporations. So he um, also loves to mentor. So people should know that too. This sounds like an episode we are definitely going to want to listen to again. Great advice for anybody looking to get into this field. So let's jump into episode 244 with Ron Robinson. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. We are a career journey podcast talking about what it's like to define success and reach for it in the beauty and wellness industries. Today, we are continuing our health innovations theme quarter with Ron Robinson, award-winning cosmetic chemist and CEO of Beauty Stack Cosmetics. Ron also spent over 15 years in the beauty industry as a cosmetic chemist and product development executive for companies that include Clinique, Estee Lauder, Revlon, Avon, and L'Oreal. He's also a resident beauty expert for Allure and Refinery29, where he breaks down popular skincare trends for his followers. I'm excited to get into this conversation about his career journey from lab to the consumer, all on episode 244. Hi, Ron. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Hey, Jody. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to do this with you. I went through my emails and tried to find the first like connection that I had with you because we've known each other for a really long time. Yes. So I took a screenshot of it. Um, you and I met at a CEW event in 2016. Okay. Wow. And we met up like, uh, it was November. So we met up like sometime before the new year. Yep. And it feels like a million years ago. It does. Absolutely. When you think about it, it's almost 10 years ago when you think about it. So. Yeah. I don't even think like, was Beautystat around at that time? It was. We, we were a blog and agency mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. This is before the idea of launching the brand. So this is, you know, you got me when I was going through my, one of my career cycles there back in 2016. Yeah. So I loved going down memory lane and all our correspondence together. So I'm very glad that CEW brought us together. Um, I always sort of like, like have to take a deep breath before going to these work events because I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, it's like sometimes like a lot, but I always end up meeting somebody that's exciting to me and learning something new. So, and you're proof of that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I remember that that meeting and I'm glad we stayed in touch and I'm glad to be here today. Yeah, I can actually like close my eyes and see you and I walking down the street together like in Midtown. Like that's how fresh this is, even though it was so long ago. 
Yep. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. This is a career journey show. We love unraveling um, all the threads in um, these amazing career journeys of the people like you that we get to interview. So um, we're going to go back in time, think back to your like 11-year-old self. What do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a museum curator. And this is really weird, but I love going to museums. It's so, so funny. I'm now revisiting that childhood thing that I used to do by by going to museums now, but that, that's what I wanted to do. I, I felt, who's actually deciding where stuff goes, what to put into it? And specifically, this is the Museum of Natural History here in New York City, which everyone, all, all kids love to see the, you know, the dinosaur exhibits and to see, you know, primitive this and that. And that's what really just made me think. And I think that's where I, I may have felt that I had this idea about being a creative type in a sense. Even this before science and before I'm becoming a cosmetic chemist, there was something, there was always this creativity in me that I guess inspired me by going and loving museums as a kid. That is such a fun job. You know, of all the people we've asked this question to, I don't know that anyone said that they wanted to be a museum curator. So I love that you're the first person to mention it. Okay, so Ron, um, somebody told me that when it was time for college, um, there was pressure in the family for you to become a doctor. Is this true? That is absolutely true. You know, I grew up in, in one of those households where there was only two professions that were respected. You were either a doctor or a lawyer. And given my mom was a, a nurse, she studied nursing, she wanted, in, in this case, her three boys to become doctors. And we all were not subtly pushed, but aggressively pushed. Study biology and chemistry, do pre-med, become a doctor. Two of my brothers ended up becoming doctors and practicing today. I was the rebel that didn't know what I wanted to do. I ended up going to med school for a year. Hated it, realized it was not for me, dropped out, moved back in with my parents. My mom specifically was super upset and like thought I was a bum and what are you going to do with your life? And that's how I stumbled on becoming a cosmetic chemist. Literally, I was sending out resumes to different beauty companies and different companies in general looking that were looking for cosmetic, looking for chemists and Clinique called me in for an interview back in 1990, had no idea there was this world of chemistry and cosmetics and how that whole thing mixed, but they hired me on the spot. They loved my passion for chemistry and they saw my creativity that I just talked about and hired me. And that was how I broke into the industry in 1990 as a cosmetic chemist for Clinique, a division of BSD Water Companies. So let's go back to this time, and you said you went to medical school for one year, right? You have a lot of pressures around you. Your brothers are, you know, fulfilling um, the family wish. How do you reconcile in your head that, like, you really can't move ahead with this? Like, this, this is not for you, given all those pressures. It was really tough, and I think this is it was so stressful. And of course, this is pre-social media. So there's, there's no way I could connect with others that are going through this. This is something that I had to manage internally. And then also the the depression about going and moving back in with my parents. They get to see that I'm not fulfilling their dream or my dream. And I have to figure out, well, what am I going to do uh, with my life? So we it was really, really very tough. And I had to face them every day, like, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? And fortunately, I found something. Would you say that um, you felt very alone at that time? 
Absolutely. Absolutely alone. No one could relate to this. Keep in mind, I have two other brothers in the family that successfully at the time were either in med school or had graduated from med school and, and are, are doctors, medical doctors. And I'm here, this dropout that is feeling like, like, what am I doing? Like, I am just not doing anything with my life. And this, and I'm young at the time. So, so it's, it's like, what am I going to do? And there's no internet. I can't do online searching and discovering things. I, you know, I, I saw, I was checking out the classifieds because that's how you found jobs back then. These are, these were job listings in, in paper, physical newspapers. You had to go in, you had to circle the jobs that you thought would be a fit for you. And you had to mail a paper resume in the mail to these mailboxes in order to, for, for companies to discover and find you and find you. So that's, that's what it was back then. <laughs> so um, when it was time for this interview about being a cosmetic chemist, what did you know when you walked into that meeting? What did you know about cosmetic chemistry? I knew nothing. I knew nothing about cosmetic chemistry. I, di I didn't even know that I've heard of the brand Clinique and the Estee Lauder Company. Sure, I, I heard of them because my mom used the products, but I wasn't necessarily a user of those products, and it was totally foreign to me. And then I, I walk in to this interview. There's a big Estee Lauder logo and then Clinique logo, and I'm going into these labs that are super clean and white, and I sit down for this interview, and they're asking me about chemistry and biology and have you ever thought about what it would be like to formulate cosmetics and skincare and i'm just blown away they're impressed with my knowledge of chemistry but i'm also learning from them that hey it takes you know it takes chemistry it takes work to actually put these products together they don't just make themselves and i was super inspired and i said this is perfect for me. It blends my knowledge of chemistry with my yearn for creativity and putting things together, just like the museum curator, as, as I mentioned before. And it was magic. I found my calling. I found that I belonged in this industry. And that was 33 years ago. Do you remember your first day on that job? I do absolutely remember the first day on the job. Absolutely. Tell me about it. I think I think well, the first thing, obviously, I have to get fitted for a lab coat. So that's key. I all cosmetic chemists, they wear their lab coat. And then I got the tour of the facility and learned things that like, okay, this is where different types of products are formulated. You have special rooms where skincare is made, special rooms where makeup and color cosmetics are made, and then other rooms that are more for fragrance and developing bath and body products. And each, each one has ingredients that are associated with those types of products. And, and then equipment that is catered to mixing and producing those types of products. So that was my first thing that I got, I got to see. There was, there was this mix of chemicals, but also hardware that needed to work together to create, mix, blend, and formulate the different types of products in, in cosmetics today. The way you're describing it to me, I'm totally picturing like Willy Wonka, you know, like each room, different flavors, different styles. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. And it's, you know, everything, it's, it's pretty clean. And again, lab coats, and it's very, you know, you have a lab book, which is your, what you use to actually create your recipe, if you will. So every time I make a new formula, I have to write down exactly what I did, because that's how we, we kept, we keep records, and we are able to see how we've gotten a product from this form 
to the next form? What changes did we did we make? And it's all recorded and documented, and that's what we, we kept in, in a physical lab book form. So this whole world of chemistry with regards to our industry is very foreign to me. Like I've never touched it. I've never gotten close to it. You know, I, I get to hear about through our client work at Base Beauty, I get to hear about the actual finished products and the claims and the key ingredients, but not the process to get there. So can you break it down for me and our listeners? Because this is such a specific area of the industry that I'm sure a lot of people, like whether like they're engineers or whatever, would probably find very fascinating. What are you really doing every day, especially in the early years when you're um, more junior in the role and learning the ropes? Yeah, when you're first, when I first got there, I was given a project. So in some cases, I'm asked to take a product, an existing product on the on the market that might have some bad consumer feedback or reviews. So we all know because re- customer reviews are key. So the marketers at the time may say, hey, new chemist, Ron, we are getting feedback on this product that's on the marketplace. Can you make it less XYZ, less greasy, faster absorbing, smell nicer, spread easier, that sort of thing. So one of my first jobs was working to reformulate current products in the marketplace. So I got a few of those types of projects. And then the goal of any cosmetic chemist is to work on new and exciting products as well, where you're just given a concept. Hey, Ron, we want your help on developing a new facial cleanser that's meant for media, uh, for normal to oily skin, that has a gentle foam, creamy in, in nature, and we want to launch that next year. And I go through the process of okay, what are the right ingredients to put together that's going to help deliver on that marketing wish, if you will, for that type of product? And that's how what a cosmetic chemist is doing day in and day out. They're working on reformulating and improving current products, but they're also working on new concepts that don't exist, that meet that written concept, that verbal concept, and creating something that really the goal is to exceed the customer's expectations in terms of being able, in this case, a cleanser that's going to have this great foam and feel and leave skin clean and soft and, and, and all the great things, you know, for that type of product. So that's what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. So it almost sounds like the equivalent to being like a nose at a perfume house, right? Getting the brief from the client and really curating the experience of what the end user is going to um, have, right? Absolutely. And, and, what influences that, especially now, are trending ingredients, ingredients that may have some real you know, science backing or testing to show. And, and that would be part of the brief. Can you include vitamin C? Can you include this ingredient or that ingredient? And that becomes the, the basis for the product I'm developing. Okay, it's got to be this new, this new high-tech facial treatment type of product, but it has to contain X, Y, and Z as well. And I build the formula around that as well. So you've worked at almost like every strategic, it looks like that's major in our industry through the years. Are there products that are still in the market that you had a hand in developing at that time? Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So Avon has a few. So I've worked at, so just so where I've, everyone's clear where I've worked, Clinique, which is a division of the Estee Lauder cl- companies, as well as Estee Lauder itself, as well as La Mer. So those brands, I've worked at Revlon twice. And Rev- under the Revlon brand, there's the Almay 
brand that you might have heard of, as well as L'Oreal Lancome specifically and Avon. So those are the brands that I've worked on. So from my Clinique days, there's there's some products that still exist in the in the turnaround franchise. I don't know if you guys heard about that line back in, it launched originally back in the 90s. I developed some of their best sellers back then. That product contained encapsulated salicylic acid, which was a first of its kind at the time. I believe that product still exists. And then a few Avon and Lancome and, 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 and Revlon products still are on the market today. So it's super exciting to go back down memory lane and see those those originals still on the shelf and still being, you know, you know, great sellers for those brands. Let's close a loop on uh, mom, right? And how, how much <laughs> she wanted you to be a doctor when she started to see the type of impact you're able to make at your job and products that maybe she and her friends would purchase or want. What was her response to your career choice then? Yeah, Jody, it's a great question. So yes, it's important to circle back to mom. She's been, she's my influence. She's since passed, but she's my influence to, to this day. So she was a beauty lover. She loved Estee Lauder and Clinique products. So after about a year of working for Clinique as this, you know, cosmetic chemist that she had no idea whatever that that person does or what I was doing for, for work, I brought home a, a bag of some of the products I was developing. And her face was so happy and excited. She could not wait to jump into that bag and get those products. And for that moment... I was forgiven and really forgiven for breaking her heart and not becoming a doctor. And it was the most fulfilling thing I've ever experienced in terms of being able to see the joy and happiness that beauty products can bring to someone. And that experience drives me to this day to be able to get that type of feedback where consumers love your products and they see the results. That takes me back to that day with my mom where she forgave me. And after that, just, hey, Ron, where's, I want more beauty products. What, do you, what have you got for me today? And it became total a total shift. And then she was totally pleased with my career choice and supported me. So that's how that story ended up. And again, she's She's a big influence to me to this day. I love that. And she got to benefit from all those great company stores and all those corporations you worked at, which is so fun. Absolutely. She did. Absolutely. All the gratis we got at all the companies, I bring them right, right home to mom in a shopping bag. Thank you. <laughs> For those people who haven't worked at these really large corporations that have company stores, can you explain what that is and um, what the shopping experience is like? Yeah, basically. These companies, they really want the employees to benefit from, you know, the products that they sell. So not only might you get a gratis, which means you get a free amount, really a stipend towards spending towards amount of free product, you also get to buy the product at, at, a, at a really great discount as being an employee. So that, that's another perk of, of working for these big companies. Right. Imagine like a duty-free cosmetic shopping experience except everything is like the prices are ridiculous <laughs> absolutely it's, it's it's you know you could have you could have you know really have a great time just shopping and just getting things at a tremendous discount let's talk about um the move from the like you know really big corporate jobs right through your career like really influential businesses to moving into the world of blogging and educating what was the motivator for you to walk away from the corporate world and start playing in your own space? 
Yeah, I walked away from Avon. That was my last corporate job. Uh, I, I, there I was the global head of product development for all skincare. So all markets, US, international, big responsibility. And I was really cranking out an extreme fast-paced level of innovating and developing products. So like four, four big launches a year. Literally, my status was, was pages and pages of, of products that were in the pipeline to launch. And I felt like, hey, I, I'm constantly trying to outdo myself with trying to create new. I have no, there's nothing left. Everything's out there. I've put it all in the marketplace already. And I felt like, even at the time, I felt like I was putting, there was, there was so much confusion on the product shelf back then. I felt that I could be better served if I were to help the consumers. So I left Avon. And I decided that I was going to become an educator and help consumers cut through the clutter by reviewing products and helping them make smarter purchase decisions. So I launched BeautyStat, which in its first form was a blog, launched it in 2009 and went to market with that product where we would review products and then monetize through ads and sponsored content and collaborations and then evolved it into this social media agency. So that was the initial goal of Beauty Set. Educate the consumer and help brands connect with those consumers. So 2009 was like, you know, in the digital ecosystem ancient times. So um, what were the models that you were seeing in the marketplace? It could be out of category that inspired you to think, oh, there's there's potential here. Yeah, great question. I think at the time there were big, massive blogs like Total Beauty and, and Glam. These were these were the were big, big blogs at the time. And we were called bloggers. This is before the word influencer was coined or content creator. These are we were bloggers. We were actually writing and people would read and see your photos and see your swatches, be educated that way. And at the time, Beauty Set the blog became one the go-to blog. And we were competing for, you know, for SEO and eyeballs just with like the big totalbeauty.coms of the world as well. So it was a hot, exciting time. And those platforms also developed social media followings, et cetera. So it was a very exciting time for the blogger sphere, if you will. So leaving the corporate world to be an entrepreneur, that's a big shift. It's a big leap. How many years were you thinking about that before you left Avon? It was very fast. Mm-hmm. I just, I launched it at the time when you know Facebook had launched, LinkedIn had launched, Twitter had launched. So people were moving to social media at the time. So it was a very interesting time where social just started. And again, there was no beauty insider like myself, and certainly no cosmetic chemist was out forming a blog and helping to educate consumers. It was totally new and fresh, and it was super exciting to be there at that time. So what was the shift from content to actually then formulating and putting out product with the Beautystat name on it? When did that happen, and what was the inspiration? The inspiration came after you know many years of, of connecting and, and talking to consumers that were reading my blog. They were asking me specifically about vitamin C, the ingredient. They would ask about all types of ingredients. Hey, what, what ingredient should I use if I have this problem? But the question about vitamin C came over and over again. Specifically, why is it unstable? How do I shop vitamin Cs? How do I use a vitamin C serum? And that 
got me thinking. Vitamin C, great ingredient, everyone knows that, but it's notoriously unstable. And there, there are a few big selling vitamin Cs in the marketplace at the time, and still are today, that are unstable. And consumers understand that, that they do shift, they, turn to, they tend to oxidize, turn brown, and stop working. And I said, what if I could stabilize pure vitamin C? That would be the holy grail in beauty. A stable vitamin C that consumers can really get results and not have to worry about tossing it and wasting their money. So me and actually a cosmetic chemist colleague of mine, we got together and we worked you know, at nighttime as a side hustle, working on trying to stabilize pure vitamin C. Spent several years, we applied for multiple patents, and the last step was to actually do the independent clinical testing to say, okay, we have a stable formula, but does it work? We got the results back, Jody, after a few weeks. And I, by the way, I footed the bill to spend, clinical testing is very expensive. I decided, hey, I'm going to, I, I've got to do this. We spent so much time working on this great formula and we got the independent clinical testing results and it was came back amazing. Before and after photos were fantastic, really transformed consumer's skin. And that's what prompted me in 2019 to launch the brand, the skincare brand, Beauty Set, with our star vitamin C serum, this universal C skin refiner. And that's four years ago. That's how we, we started. We went from a blog to a fast-growing skincare brand. And when you're formulating after hours, this isn't something you can do like in your kitchen, right? You have to go to a lab for this. We had a lab. So we rented lab space that we mm -hmm. were able to use and leverage that in order to formulate. And I'm still running the blog at the time and then doing this as my side hustle to see you know, where, where it would net out. So this is a lot of investment in your time. And then ultimately with paying for the testing, um, a lot of faith that this would pay off. How confident were you in this process that you're going to get to the end result that you're hoping for? I wasn't confident at all. I felt like I just—I was compelled to do it. I just felt like you know, we spent this time doing this. We think it's a great idea. I just had to see it through. It was one of those where I just, okay, if I lose the money, then I lose it. But at least I, I can sleep and say, hey, I tried, and it was the best money I've ever spent. You know, this is a very uh, entrepreneur trait, which is this desire to keep going, right? Even when like all the signs are saying like, <laughs> like you're going to run off the cliff to just say, I'm going to put my head down and keep focusing because I, some part of me just needs to do this, right? Even if you weren't confident, you needed to do it. Um, I find that myself, like I've been running my business for 16 years. Like why, <laughs> like, why did I keep going? It's so hard. But there is just a kind of like internal goal that I have for myself and the goals keep moving as I evolve. But like I'm compelled to keep seeing the magic happen. And the only way it's going to happen is if I keep going. Right. And, and I think this, this was a clear go, no go type of decision. In other words, I either had to do this and then that would be, okay, if it didn't work, then it was time to stop. So I, I did have that in mind. So, so I guess the advice I would give any entrepreneur on the line now is that you have to decide what the, the risk reward is. And I felt that if I would take this last risk, which was expensive, that the reward could be so great. 
And that's where I went. And then since then, it's been a lot easier in order to build this. That was the, that was the final step. And, and now I have the proof points to continue and to hustle and to be super excited waking up every morning and wanting to drive and grow and build this brand. You've become so influential in our industry. I'm wondering, do you think of yourself as an influencer? Yeah, it's interesting you, you, you asked that because you remember the reason why I started the Beauty Step blog was to educate. And that back then, you educated by creating blog. You actually typed out, wrote out your feelings, thoughts, whatever you wanted to educate and share, you wrote it down. Now I've gone full circle now and I've become this creator, if you will. So if you, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that almost daily I post a short, about one minute video where I educate my followers on ingredients, trends, I weigh in on things and I help them again, navigate, navigate this crowded space, help them understand what ingredients work, which, which don't work. And it's been super fulfilling in terms of being able to talk and give consumers, you know, that education from, from someone now they, they seem to value. They seem to look towards the cosmetic chemist to help them understand ingredients. So I'm really excited about being able to do that. And again, give back. And most of my content is, it's not about my brand. It's about other ingredients, things that I'm, I'm not necessarily using, but my followers, they want to hear, they want, they want to understand and learn more. And I'm just happy to do that. Well, you didn't tell me yet. Do you consider yourself an influencer? I know you're influencing, but do you in your heart think like I'm an influencer? Just to some extent, yes. I, I, I guess I have, since people do ask me and they do value my feedback, I, I would say to some extent, but I think a lot of, I think a, a lot of us are influencers I think it's a level of, of, of magnitude. How much, what are you doing to actually show up and to influence uh, folks? What are, you, what are you doing to, to, to address that and, and really show up for that? So I, I make, I made, I made it, I'm making a commitment to do so on a daily basis. I, I love the consistency. I mean, I think that's what um, separates, once again, it's a very entrepreneurial mindset, like um, making a commitment because you know that there's value in it versus like, you know, dipping in and saying it's too hard and, you know, I'll move on to something else. It's, I think, another really fierce entrepreneur's trait. Okay, before we close out the interview part of the show, I want to ask another question because I've been with you at events and I've been standing there next to you chit-chatting with other people and notable people will say to you, oh, will you formulate for me? <laughs> I want to start a brand. So you probably get asked this quite a bit. I do. <laughs> so um, a lot. What is the answer? Is this is this part of your world helping other people establish great formulas for their brand, or are you like totally focused on beauty stat? Focused on beauty stat. The exception I made was with Haley Bieber and Road. So I'm I'm the cosmetic chemist in residence for her. I made the exception. You know, I think she, we first connected during the pandemic when she had this concept, this idea. And I was so intrigued, but with her enthusiasm, her knowledge of beauty and ingredients and had this laser focus approach to what she wanted. And I made the exception with partnering up with her and the road team to help her understand ingredients and help her build that brand. So I'm thrilled about that. But between my own brand beauty set and how I support Haley and road, I, I really can't do any more. I might, my, my plate is full. 
I love that, Ron. So, so I do. I do have some great resources for folks and re- and referrals to give folks that are looking to start their own brand. But Jody, the the other key thing I want to share is that I am huge on mentorship, and if I cannot help them with their brand in terms of formulation, I'm always here for a resource if they need it to ask me a question. I have frequent touch bases with various mentees and I, I, it, giving back is really important for me. So I always try to make time for that. I love that. And that's an incredible way to close out the interview portion of our show. And so now, Ron, we have a few minutes left for um, fan questions. We got a lot of questions. So I'm going to try to combine some together. Vicki asked us like, what it takes in terms of like skills and characteristics to be a great cosmetic chemist. Mm. Great question. Okay. The greatest cosmetic chemists are marketers and salespeople as well. Because I think this is where cosmetic chemists, they might have had a bad rap or or a stereotype, which is they used to be lab rats. Whereas their work, they're tinkering around in the lab. They don't really know the consumer. And, and they basically just come up with ideas and share them. Hey, I just mixed up something. Hey, uh, what do you think of this? The cosmetic chemist today is talking to the consumer, they're, they're following social media, they're seeing the trends, and they're then taking that and coming up with really great ideas that they can also sell to the marketing folks about why it's so exciting and unique and different. So those are the characteristics together. The cosmetic chemist that knows the ingredients, that can mark those marketing and the consumer and can also sell an idea. Those three things that makes a fantastic cosmetic chemist. And do you have to have a certain degree to be a cosmetic chemist? Yes. Now there, when I started, you, there, were, there was no clear path to becoming a cosmetic chemist. Back then you fell into it. Now there are more regional ways of, you know, going to school, studying certain, you know, cosmetic chemists, you know, types of of courses in order to go down that track. So there's a lot more availability now than when I was coming up back in the day where I just had a a, a general chemistry degree and then found my way into the cosmetics industry and learned on the job. Now there's more paths out there to get there. So Alicia asked, this is, I guess, for the entrepreneurs out there, how would she go about finding a cosmetic chemist to work with? Yeah, there are great resources out there that can help. I think first, simply just Googling how to find a cosmetic chemist partner or going the route of finding a contract manufacturer. A lot of contract manufacturers, they have chemists in-house that can work with you on bringing your idea to life and they can also produce it as well. Okay. So um, I think we have time for one more question. Oh, this is such a sweet one. What is your favorite thing about this career path that you chose? My favorite thing is the consumer feedback. That is by far. And that's now whether it's the fact that they might love our products and see great results from using BeautyStat, or if I've helped them answer a question in terms of an ingredient and does it work, what should I look out for? for? And could this be something for me? And it's basically the net net is getting consumer feedback that is positive, And that's what really drives and motivates me. I can tell Ron that you're very empathetic, right? Like you really do put yourself in the shoes of that end user. So I'm not surprised that that's your favorite part of your job. It absolutely is. Thank you. 
So, Ron, thank you so much for joining us. This was our 244th episode. I'm grateful to you today. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. And thank you all for joining us and listening in. If you like this episode, please rate and review. And as always, make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast platform and Instagram to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and all the fun we have along the way. Thanks, Ron. Thank you, Jody. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.